Me happy. I just got an order from Mac Weldon. What did I get this time? I got uh, very comfy sweatpants. I got a long sleeve t-shirt. And I went short sleeve t-shirt with a pocket. I haven't worn a pocket (laughs) in a long time. I just like uh, saying pocket weird. All right, listen. Visit MacWeldon.com slash OPPod. Enter the promo code OPPod. You're going to save 20% off your first order. Check out their stuff. I think you're going to like it. Not live. That's right. Uh, I am here at Get Parts with my good friend Matt, who owns Get Parts. As he opens up the first beer now, um, well, I guess we got to tell everybody uh, how we met. Do you remember meeting me, Matt? I do. Yeah, you walked in the bar, <laughs> and you uh, you're just kind of looking around, looking lost. Um, like, what the hell does this guy want? Uh, so yeah, that was a few years ago. Well, well I, I, it wasn't that I was lost. I live in the neighborhood, and uh, I've, I was never in Gephardt's before. And then I get fired from SiriusXM. Technically not fired. Uh, they officially paid every cent of my contract. I have to say that every single time because they did try to fire me, and then I fought back. And they went, "Oh, our bad. Here's all your money. Have a good life." But anyway, then I had a podcast, and I decided I was going to podcast with Carl Ruiz. But I'm like, now I need a studio. I need a place to do this thing. And I walked by uh, Get Parts all the time, and uh, all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? This could be a perfect place to do a podcast from time to time. And I walked in and introduced myself to uh, actually Dave, who was the manager back then, who was a big fan of the old Opie and Anthony show. And then he introduced me to you. And I said, Matt, can I podcast at your joint? And you said, hell yeah. Well, I think we got to go back a little further because I do believe you told me you did a little bit of guerrilla podcasting before you asked, isn't that right? Oh, <laughs> you, 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 you know what? I, I forgot about that. Sitting on that one for a while. <laughs> no, I forgot about that. I go. Uh, I actually have been podcasting from your joint for the last three months, but I want to make it official. You're right. Me and Carl would come up because before the podcast, we would do these uh, Facebook Live pop ups. And I would do it in the neighborhood. Car will come and see me. And so, yeah, we would sit on what you call the porch, thanks to Pearl Jam. It's a little area of get parts that sticks out onto the sidewalk. And we'd actually sit at that table right there, turn it on and laugh our asses off and have beers and, uh, yeah, and have a good time. And people seem to like those. And then we turned it into a podcast. So you're, you're, you're right, actually. Well, I'm glad you made it official. I mean, you're doing the right thing. Well, and then me and you became uh, instant friends. And uh, we're, we're talking today because Matt has become a father, and I wanted to document Woo! this for him. It's just me and him, by the way, in a very empty bar he just opened up. So we're going to talk for like uh, a few minutes before it gets crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm um, a dad, finally. What was your first thought? Uh, don't pass out. My knees buckled real quick, but I gathered myself. But um, Wait, you almost passed out from seeing the birth? I wobbled. I, wa- I I helped. So I was I was on the left leg. You got leg. Yeah, I, got I wasn't leg. allowed leg. They I they didn't give me an option. The nurse said, "Look, this is what you're doing. This is your job, and uh, and you're gonna help. Hold her neck and hold her leg with the other hand, and and uh, and yeah. So that's what happened. So I uh, I was there two and a half hours. She was pushing, and. Uh, and I, Wait, she only pushed for two and a half hours? Well, we went in early in the morning. She was, her, her water broke. She didn't even realize it. Cheers. In Cheers. the meantime. Drink, by the way. This is a St. Fouyen 5, and it's a 5% blonde. St. Fouyen is a Belgian brewery. So her water broke, and she didn't know it. Well, right. So she's like, ah, I'm kind of leaking a little bit. <laughs> and it was weird because it was every five or ten minutes she'd leak a couple ounces. So she, she wakes me up 3 o'clock in the morning. I was like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, well, let's call the hospital and check it out. And they're like, well, I'll just keep looking at it. So after I I was three or four hours of that, we called back. And we're like, look, it's still leaking out. So the doctor was on duty at that point. She says, just go in. 
and uh, they admitted us, and they tested the, the fluid, and they're like, yeah, that's what we're looking for. This is the stuff. Your water broke. So This is it. You're not leaving until the baby's out. So, And uh, you got to see the whole thing. <laughs> you look like you're in shock. Matt, Matt just said, I got to see the whole thing, and it, and it, and it looks like someone that just came back from nom. You know what's you know what's bizarre the first thing that the nurse looks at me and she starts nodding and i'm like what are we, what are we what are we doing and i look down and i she's she's pointing and there's some hair coming out and and i'm like is that that's it now my wife's trying to figure out what the hell we're talking about so um a couple pushes later there's half a head sticking out and then the doctor says wait take a break so meanwhile there's I don't know, two and a half inches of baby head sticking out of my wife. Oh my and she's like, yeah, just hold on. And uh, and uh, it's getting weird at that point. And then um, a few pushes later, it was when the hand came out. Yeah. Right? So you could see the face, and I'm starting to get blurry, and the hand comes out. And then I caught myself, and everything was fine. I mean, it started to well up a little bit. But um, holy shit. And then, I, and then I was a dad right then and there. So. Well, there's a couple things. I wasn't allowed to do leg. I had to do shoulder. shoulder my wife's my wife's like, uh, you stay above my waist the entire yeah. time. And I was in the birthing uh, room with me and my mother in law, which is which was. Oh. But I, honestly, it worked. And then for our second kid, we wanted the same team, uh-huh. so we <laughs> we went the we, first time. Yeah, we went back for part deux. <laughs> but. Uh, my mother-in-law was the one, you know, the strict, uh, the strict rule was you stay above my waist. You can work my arm, which is useless in this situation. <laughs> just, uh, uh, like you, you had the leg and you were, you know, at ground zero. And then my mother-in-law was the one that started pointing at my wife as the baby is about to come out. And she's like basically saying, screw the rules. You got to look at this. <laughs> Are, are you amazed what a vagina could do? That's what I'm getting at. It's incredible. <laughs> and how it bounces back. Holy shit. I mean, my wife was moving around later that day. Yeah. She was doing all right. She's, she actually she feels good. You know, it's going to take some time, but um, it's what a, what a process. You know? You, you learn uh, a thing or two about the, uh, the human body. I can't... I kind of get in trouble when I talk about this, so I got to be careful. But it was uh, it was incredible to see what what could happen down there. There's no doubt about that. I mean, just uh, extra mucho respecto for the ladies. I mean, that's uh, really is a hell of a process, and and uh, just the the effort, the trauma, and all the everything that goes along with it. I mean, my wife was. She was pretty nervous because she obviously never had a baby before. So, right. um, so, but she didn't let it freak her out too much. She just, I don't know what's going to happen. And then, and then after it was all done, she's like, "Well, I guess it, that was doable." Yeah, you know. And, and you go through that experience, and you realize that, uh, yeah, a baby comes out, and you realize that women are much stronger than men. How did we figure out how to how to be the stronger of of the two? Men, men versus women, because women are way tougher than us. I don't know. I, it's that's some uh, old gentleman propaganda or something from a long time. Ago. Somebody got pissed off that women women were so much stronger than men, and they said, "Fuck this! Let's start lifting tree trunks and rolling boulders. At least we'll develop muscles, so we can intimidate them." And the pragmatic woman said, "I'll just raise the kids." And because the- <laughs> I could never imagine going through that much pain. To give birth, it's it's just incredible. It's it, yeah, it, it boggles my mind. I mean, and thank God for modern medicine too. I mean, she did the epidural. You know, she she didn't know what else to expect, so she was prepared for that and made the call there. But um, I mean, she could have done it without it. And I know the others who have, and and you know, hats off to you there. But either way, I mean, it's still it's uh it, it's a big deal. Did you follow my advice? Now, I told you, I don't know. Well, you told me to stay at the shoulder. I did not follow that advice. No. <laughs> well, you got wobbly. I didn't get wobbly in there. I was, I was. Uh, it was I, one buckle. It was the, the left knee went real quick. What made you buckle? Like the, the hand, it, when I saw the hand come out and yeah. I was like, holy shit, there's, a, the, yeah. you know, the whole thing is coming out of there. 
Because then it moves out. Then it kind of like slides out relatively quickly. My advice to you was when you go to the hospital and they tell you it's go time, you don't know how many hours it's going to be. I said, don't do what I did and ask if this is going to take a long time. (laughs) No, no, no. No, but at first, you know, like I said, it was like 24 hours since we had gotten in there. and, And I just had no idea. So it could have been any minute. It could have been any hour. And it, I was pacing, and then I started doing lunges, and I'm, like, trying to keep myself energized. And then finally the nurse was like, you, you should lay down for a while because it's not happening right now. Yeah. So I took a nap, and uh, I wake up to the voice of God, the doctor. I forget his name, but he had this beautiful – you've got to get him on the podcast sometime. I'll find him. But the beautiful, deep voice, and I, he's saying, Matt. Matt, wake up. It's time to be a dad. Oh, damn. And I'm on the couch in the room. I wake up. Okay. He's like, all right, grab the leg. Let's go. Wow. So, yeah, that was it. And it was right into it. And there was no no time for questions anymore. I, I have to explain my comments. So, I'm a terrible sleeper. And when I was doing the Opie and Anthony show, I was so stressed out that my my sleep was basically non-existent. And my wife's water broke. We went to the supermarket, and it was a really windy day. And just trying to get her back into our building was a was a big process because she was all, she was past her due date, so she was she was ready to bust. And as she was cutting strawberries, and I'm watching NHL playoff hockey, her water broke, and we had to go to the hospital right around dinner time. So the only reason I said that, I was panicking like, oh, my God, am I going to be able to stay awake for the birth of my first child? It was more me panicking than being annoyed that, you know, we were going to be parents. The game's going to be over any minute. Oh, no. well, that, well, the Islanders weren't in it. That, could, that would have been a problem. But <laughs> so, so when I said, is this going to take a long time, my wife and this lady, I, I'll never forget, she was like in a yellow like uh, hospital gown or something. They both gave me the look of death. And I'm like, no, I just want to make sure I'm not going to, you know, that I could be awake. I'll my best for this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Right. Oh. And then I, I took my little nap next to my wife as uh, we were waiting for go time. And I remember I was watching, which is so weird, uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Really? Yeah. Um, that's kind of bizarre. <laughs> no, we didn't watch anything. Now, what changed uh, as soon as your daughter was born? Did, did something feel like it changed instantly in you? Uh, yeah, I don't know what that was, but because um, I got to hold her. Well, my wife got to hold her first, and then I got to go with the nurse to the to the way station. Um, I, I actually said, um, uh, give me a couple hours. I got to go take a nap, and then I'll hold my kid. <laughs> Did you really? No, of course I don't know. <laughs> I'll get when the game's over. You got an extra bed. Now that this kid is out, I need a nap. <laughs> I'm tired. Damn. Um, I, you know, because she looked up at me right away. And the weird part was it, it was it's like it's like I knew her already yeah. for a long time, you know, like 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 she was always there, always there, right? So that I don't know that soul was always there or something. It's it, that was a bizarre thing, but um, you know, but that you know that leads to all the emotions and everything. And it's like I don't know. Um, it was really an, an impressive moment. Someone obviously you won't you won't soon forget. I feel like something just switches on in you when you become a parent. You can't really, you can't really explain it, but it's almost like your life before uh, having a kid and after are completely different lives. For example, you cross the road differently. You know, uh, definitely look in a little bit more, especially when you're with the kid now. But um, yeah, I guess I'm thinking my mind is is, is rewired immediately. Um, it's like a pretty heavy acid trip, and now everything is, you know, is is wired differently. So I gotta tell you, so you're just beginning. So your daughter's only what ten days old, two weeks old, thirteen, yeah, twelve days. Today. Yeah, twelve days old. Um, Jim Brewer had had the best explanation of this. He goes, "When you become a father, you realize for the first time as a human being that you're capable of killing someone." Oh God. Uh, I didn't understand that at first, and then it, it took a while. I'm like, oh, my God, I get what he was trying to tell me that day. You ready for this? You say you cross the street differently. You're go- <laughs> I'll say it this way. Something turns on inside you. You now will know where all the creeps are. 
you will know instinctively where all the creeps are. I remember walking these streets with my kids. You know, I live right around the corner, more or less, in strollers. And I would see the locals and people I've passed a million times in this neighborhood. And all of a sudden, like a video game, it like pops up, you know, on... Above their heads, like creep, 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 creep. You can see who the creeps are. I believe it. My buddy Jesse has an app. It's like a creep app or something like that. Because he's got two daughters. And I saw him on it the one day. I guess they were going, they were traveling or something. And it it shows you where all the registered offenders are. So if you're going through X town, you can check and see, all right, well, we're not stopping there. So, uh, yeah, I I can see that being a thing. And, and, you know, I might be off with one or two, but I think in general, I think in general, if I actually was able to get some background information on some of these people, I'm like, damn. (laughs) But before having a kid, they were just regular people walking the streets of uh, New York. Right, right. Non-player characters just walking around. But, you know, I guess it's easier to label everybody a creep and just keep them away for a while, too. So, 100%. Just assume they're all creeps. And, uh, man, I I mean, how does it feel to have a daughter? Because you know what guys are capable of. Yeah, uh, but I know what (laughs) girls are capable of, too. Well, that's, that's... All right, I'm glad you said that. That's what that's what you learn as you get older. That girls are capable of some things as well. Yeah. But uh, you know, growing up and dating and stuff, you just realize what guys are capable of. And then to have a daughter, you're like, no. That was my first reaction. I think I told you that too. When we found out we were having a a daughter, I actually, I actually went, no. (laughs) You know, it it was the the visit where you figure out what you're having, and they're like, do you want to know? And I'm like. Yeah, and, and stupid me, I thought I saw a penis. So I'm like, yeah, I want to know. I wanna, yeah, confirm, tell my wife, or, tell my wife we're having another son, you know, because I, I already know. Well, we were misled at first. The uh, one of the first ultrasounds, the doctor said, "Oh, I see something. Oh, it's too early. I'm not going to tell you because I can't confirm." So we were under the impression that we were having a boy early on, and. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It was our mistake to, to assume that, whatever. So then months later, we have another ultrasound, and the doctor's like, do you want to know? I was like, yeah, let's confirm it. And we had already been thinking about this little boy that we were planning on having. And uh, and she goes, yep, it's going to be a girl. And we're like, oh, wait, can you double check? And she gave me a pretty, you know, a substantial stank eye for that one. Like, oh, you don't want a girl? I was like, no, we were, we were just sure it was a boy. Uh, and then with that came all the, the standard fears of what's going to happen uh, and who's going to want to get around that and everything. Yeah. So uh, I, I just want to know what I was looking at, that I was convinced that my second kid was going to be a, a boy. And then when she turned around and go, well, you're having a girl. And then my reaction, once again, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I mean, I made a good living being an idiot and speaking my mind and not holding back, but... It's not good to scream no bring your work home with you as, as you're finding out that you're having a, a girl. But then I had to explain to my wife and, and the and the whoever, the technician, yeah. I, I had to explain to both of them, I'm like, I just know what guys are capable of. And through my you know, my wife, she's she's a absolute uh, strong, strong woman that can take care of herself. I finally am there where I realized women are capable of some crazy things too, and they will be just fine. Yeah, that's true. But you know, it was Dave, you were talking about Dave earlier. He had a girl a few years ago. She's a cute little thing. And he's the one who said, he's like, well, if you're having a girl, you're going to have to clean her vagina. <laughs> and, uh, and that's true. And it's scary at first, you know, and you're just thinking about it. But, um,. <laughs> But you're dad, so you got to do that stuff. You know, you're you're there to help. Where, where are you at with the diapers and stuff? And and you are right. You got to kind of clean out. To, well, uh, make sure it stays clean. You got to make sure it stays clean. You know. But yeah, I, I'm good at it. I'm good at well changing the diaper. Let me say that I'm good at changing the diaper. I never minded. I was I was I was all in right away with the diaper changing. Well, I already saw projectile shit. So. Um, oh really? Where yeah. it goes all over the right. wall and shooting out in yeah. the middle of a diaper change. So yeah. so that's that's fun. Now here's the question. You uh you ride motorcycles. Where are we at with the motorcycle and the kid and the wife now? Wait, he's, he's opening up a curtain. What do you got? I rode it today. No, I know you oh. uh, no, I, I would assume oh, you're no, g- we're keeping them. 
We're keeping them. I've got a trip out west this year, so. Wait, you're gonna? Are you gonna uh, take the baby on a motorcycle? No, no. My wife has to go back to visit her folks in Thailand in uh, in September, October. So I, I said, you know, that's fine. You know, me and mom can watch the baby. If you're going to Thailand, does that mean I can? She goes, well, why don't you take your motorcycle trip that you like to do? Wow. I was like, uh, okay, baby. I don't want to act surprised, although I was completely surprised. So we'll see if I'm. If I'm still feeling bold later on, then maybe I'll take that trip out west. But um, which one? Uh, which bike? No, which trip? Which motorcycle trip? Oh well, we, I go to go to Sturgis and do that for a little while, and then and then finish th- this year. I'm planning on finishing the trip all the way out to to Washington State, do a coast to coast, and then I won't I won't have enough time to ride all the way back, so I'll probably ship the bike back and fly back and just to get back to the family. So it'd be like two and a half weeks. Right. Um, that Washington State is pretty awesome. Seattle's awesome. I, I went to Seattle once, and I got, like, perfect weather, and all the locals were like, you enjoy this, you know, because stereotypically it's a very, like, wet, rainy, foggy. But we had perfect, beautiful, sunny skies, uh, and I loved Seattle. But now, now I hear it's kind of a shit show. I don't know much about it at all. Again, I've never been out there, so... There's a lot of, like, uh, homeless people there now, just kind of taking over a lot of the, the areas. Um, all right, well, maybe my bike will look like shit by the time I get out there, so leave me alone. <laughs> and then you got to go by Kurt Cobain's house, where he grew up in, and then you got to... You got to go to the whole rainforest. You got to make it up to the whole rainforest. I don't know that one. I mean, I what's it... Uh, no, I don't, know. I don't know. It's basically drive-by, um, like, tourist crap. You could park your bike on the side, and you can hike in a mile or two, and you'll see, you'll see amazing uh, shades of green, every color of green you could possibly imagine. I would suggest you, you know, you take an edible or something and then walk into the, the whole rainforest. Stay away from the elk because they're very, very aggressive. And then you're going to see trees that are on the forest floor, and you're going to see a tree growing out of the dead tree that's well over 200 years old. And then you're going to realize that your life is very insignificant. I believe it. It already is. It already is comparatively. So <laughs> you, think, you think your time on earth is, you know, means anything. You go to a rainforest and you see Don't look a, at that tree and change well, your mind. Well, someone told me the tree that was on the ground was at least 400 years old. And the one growing out of it that's using the actual tree for nourishment is at least 200 years old. You're, and you're like, you got to be kidding me. I don't mind that. I'll go. I'll go. It's actually really, really cool. I, I imagine so. And that would be nice to, you know, get a little more perspective from the trees. Um, Dude, didn't you see something? I, I, I remember. Didn't you see something crazy coming back from Sturgis last year? Yeah, I saw a pretty bad accident. Pretty we're, bad. we're a motorcycle, uh, motorcycle guide, like, Went, went flying, right? Yeah, he was um, a couple of cars in front of me, and all of a sudden he was shooting through the air. So, yeah, me and another guy were the first on the scene. Ooh, it wasn't good. But um, he wasn't wearing his helmet. And it, did he make it? Uh, he was breathing, and he I guess he, he said his name right before the, the police kicked us all out of there. So... Um, but before that, it didn't look good. So at least I think he probably did pull through. But I don't imagine he'll be riding again. What? What? Do you know what happened? Was he just speeding and hit something? Or? It wasn't speeding. No, it was. It was. Uh, there was construction, so uh, it was one lane on the highway on I guess it was ninety out in, in South Dakota, and he was in front of a truck. So I didn't see. I didn't even know he was there. And all of a sudden, there's a dust cloud and a bike and a dude flying through the air, and then. He was down in the median, so um, we just had to try and keep traffic. Everybody wanted to stop and look and say, hey, you need help? And right. Like, no, we need you to move so the ambulance can get through. So, um, But luckily there was a nurse in one of the cars, so she jumped out and helped. And helped. But um, uh, I don't know. I just turned the bike off and made sure there wasn't any gas or anything else leaking. But uh, does, that, does that scare you to ride when you see something like that? After that, it was, yeah, I mean, it was in my mind. I mean, you don't. You don't unsee those things, so you know it's it's flashing through there. But you still, you know, you got to keep riding. I mean, you know, it's um, 
long as you pay attention, then you're. I don't think this guy was paying attention because nothing else really bad could have been happening. It's not like anybody cut off, cut him off. I mean, it's a lot of guys who are riding out there and they're just, oh, I'm on my bike and I'm just, I'm cool. So I'll, I'll check a text or something and then. I I was lucky enough to go. I think it was L.A. for the X Games and broadcast live from there. And I talked to a lot of the motocross guys, and they're the ones that are, you know, doing handstands 20 feet off a ramp and spinning and doing all this crap, right? Right. And the one question I asked them was, do they ride motorcycles when they're not in in X Games competitions, when they're back home? Know what their answer was over and over again? stupid? Yeah, exactly. 100%. They said, I'm not stupid. I said, well, what's that about? And they're like, well, when we're on the ramps and doing our tricks and stuff, we're in complete control. We know exactly what we're doing. Do we, do we fall and break a bone every once in a while? Of course, but at least we have control of the situation. These guys over and over again said most of these motorcycle accidents on the highway has nothing to do with us. It's some asshole not paying attention that veers right into, into us and whatnot. Yeah, no, I believe that. I mean uh- – Oftentimes, it's a combination of you not knowing your surroundings and not seeing a car coming on the on-ramp too fast or, you know, I mean, uh, for me, getting on the bike is to forget everything else and only focus on riding that bike, you know, because I'm doing a 1,000 miles a day, whatever, 800 miles a day. um, And it's exhausting because it's all full focus 100% of the time. I'm not worried about taxes or work or anything else. So... You know, I'm constantly in that in that zone of watching for everybody else. Not to say that I'm not uh, uh, out there risking somebody else making a mistake and taking me out. Of course I am. But, um, you know, I know a lot of guys get out there and they're just like, I'm on vacation. So I'm just riding my bike and they're looking at the trees or the bikes or whatever else and, and not really paying attention. And, you know, I guess if you're if you're not planning for somebody else to hit you, then. Uh, you're 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 a liability yourself. So, yeah, hundred percent. All right, listen, I'm with Matt at Get Parts. We do a lot of podcasting from here. I mean, back in the day, you know, it was it was the All Star team. It was me, Carl Ruiz, Vic Kenley, Sherrod sitting right at that damn it's table. Uh, it, yeah, we're taping this on Carl's birthday. Yes, so I was like, Matt, I need a beer today. We're opening up another beer. Let me uh, let me do this. Hey, will will you uh, will you talk about tripping on my uh, podcast? Yes. All right. When I get back, I'm going to talk to Matt about tripping. Uh, but right now, we're going back to I guess it would be me back in my apartment trying to sell you something, and then we'll be back with Matt here at Get Parts. Thanks, Opie. This is Opie from the future, and I can tell you, coming up on the podcast, we talked to a woman that's 106 years old, and she told a dirty joke. But right now, I want to talk about Mack Weldon. I love ordering clothes from these guys. Visit MacWeldon.com slash OPPod. Enter the promo code OPPod to save 20% off your first order. What I like about their stuff, really soft, really nice, and really affordable. I got soft sweatpants. I got long sleeve shirts. And like I said earlier, I got a t-shirt with a pocket. <laughs> It's no secret we all want to look our best for spring. Mack Weldon is the expert when it comes to stylish essentials, perfect for the new season. Whether you want to upgrade your sweats collection or need gear that stands up to the challenging weather, Mack Weldon has exactly what you're looking for. And if that's not convenient enough, let me tell you about Mack Weldon's daily wear system. All the clothes work together for real. So whether you're headed to work, going for a run, or just hanging on the couch, getting dressed takes no effort at all. Right now, I'm lounging around in Mack Weldon's Ace sweatpants. So comfortable. So soft. To be honest, because I don't have to go to the office, I live in my sweatpants. What else do they got? Oh, they got the uh, Mack Weldon's Atlas Jogger half zip and full zip jacket they're built for success rain or shine comfortable water resistant and they use that eco-responsible uh, fabric check out mac weldon for yourself save 20 percent off on your first order visit mac weldon let me spell that out for you m-a-c-k-w-e-l-d-o-n mac weldon.com slash opipod enter the promo code opipod to get that 20 percent off on your first order Again, that's MacWeldon.com slash OPPod. Enter the promo code OPPod for 20% off. Find your perfect look for this spring. 
right, uh, we're back with the podcast with Matt, owner of Get Parts, and uh, we're just about ready to start. And then you told me that this lovely woman that doesn't look a day over... No, I would say 70. How old is she? You're 106 the other day? Yes, 106 years old. Oh, oh, I can't do it. She's all right. She's gonna. She's gonna tell us a joke. One hundred six. She. You're beautiful, by the way. You're. 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 You're uh, perfectly dressed. You make all your own clothes. Every day. Here's the joke. Huh? All right. Here's the joke. Here's the joke. This man puts up a big sign: Olympic swimmers wanted. Okay. Now, so he says to the man. He says next. He sends him in the man, and and he demands that. What can I do for you? He says, I want to become an Olympic swimmer. He says, how? You have no arms. He says, what? He jumps in the pool. Vroom, vroom. And he's back. He says, I never saw anything like this in my life. He says, sign him up. Sign him up. Next. Another guy comes in. No arms, no legs. He says, what can I do for you? I want to become an Olympic swimmer. He says, how, Mr. How? He says, what? Jumps in the pool. Boom, boom. And he's back. Sign him up. He's wonderful. Next. He says, next. Say Next. Only the head showed up. And he says, what can I do for you? I want to become an Olympic swimmer. He says, how can you? He says, what? And the head just goes in the pool and it goes down and down and down. He says, it's gonna, he's going to sink. And the guy jumps into the pool with his clothes on. He gets to the bottom of the pool and he picks the head up very slow until he got to the top. And he says, what happened? He says, I got a cramp. <laughs> oh, my God. That's good. Oh, my God. You're nuts. She's 106 years old and she's nuts. Oh, she's pleasantly nuts. Oh, uh, we love you. Oh, yes, the whole world does. They want to know how much I'm going to leave them. <laughs> oh, no. Are you really 106 years I old? Was, darling. I was looking for 107 now. Oh, yeah, I'm an Italian-American, but once you have the birthday, tomorrow you're 107. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, you're 100. I've seen you walk around the neighborhood many, many times, and uh, I never got to talk to you. It, 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 it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. You were in entertainment back in the day. I don't know what you want to say about that, but... Oh, is it is it true you worked with Bob Hope? I I just I want to just cut to the chase. Come on, Matt. Yeah, the greatest man in the whole world. You you worked with Bob Hope for five years. Yes, we did all the shows throughout the world. I traveled three times around the world. Oh my! Stop spreading the news. Well, even today, I got a brand new start of it in old New York. If I could make it there. I'm going to make it anywhere. It's up to you and you and you. New York, New York. So you weren't a singer. What did you do in entertainment? No, no, I'm just kidding. Just going to hit me with the cane. Just going to hit me with the cane. And the only reason, Matt, she has a cane is because she has a bad knee and, and the doctors won't touch her and fix her knee because of her age, which is 106. Oh, yes. But why won't they fix your knee? No, I'm too old. Too old? Too old, no. It's they don't want you going out like uh, Joan Rivers, you told us. And how, and how. No, no, no. All right. I think she's ready to roll, Matt. Uh, yeah, she's she's got to get home and make some more canes. you got to get home and make more canes. I like the patterns you're using. It's like a leopard print. Twelve canes with rhinestones, sable, mink, Everything to go with whatever I'm wearing. There are 12 canes for 12 different outfits. But you'll knock your socks off. You look, uh, I mean, you're well put together. I could learn a thing uh, or two from you. I, I look homeless. She's 106 and dresses herself uh, perfectly every day, Matt. Yeah, yeah, she does look good. What are we doing now? Oh, oh she's showing off her. Look at she. I'm a size 10. My God, and how? She's showing off her figure now. She just opened up her, her beautiful coat. Don't I have... Oh, yeah, I have a... Is, is, that, is that real or fake, your, your fur? No, fake, fake. Okay, all right. Oh, yeah. All right. All fake, fake. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I can't close it. 
How many presidents have you been alive for? If you were born in 19... I'll do the math. 1916 you were born. 16, that's exactly it, honey. I sure... I knew... I, I did the show... I did the show for... Uh, 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 Kennedy. You did a show for Kennedy at the White House? Yes, oh, sure. Oh, yes. Ooh. Did he hit on you? No, no, but boy, what a... What an affair that was. That's before they killed him. Yeah. Oh, sure. They did kill him, right? She gave me a look. You see the look? She knows. She knows. She knows. You are sharp as a tack. I love this. <laughs> oh, my God. She's doing the crooked nose thing, which is a sign of the mafia. She's 106 and she's giving the sign of the mafia. <laughs> yeah. Huh? What? No, no. What? Uh, all right. She doesn't want to talk about that. She she's she's smart. I understand. I'll watch myself. I'll watch myself with that. No, no, no. Okay. All right. All right. She's getting a little nervous now. Let me ask you the the one question. What do you contribute uh, a long life to? No smoking, no drinking. I never touched it. No dope. I'm an Italian American and I never take pills for anything I'm a Catholic lady 100% and just pray just sit and pray and just in through your nose and out through your mouth but when I say out through your mouth it's got to go nobody hears it nobody sees it and that releases a lot of garbage I meditate every day and And look at me Right? No, if you do, no, it's wonderful. Now, what is this? Hey, can you, uh, can you, can you leave us with one more joke? You got one more joke in oh, you? I have a bunch of them. Oh, she goes, I have a bunch of them. <laughs> How about one more before we let you go? I tell you why. No, no. I have to go to the bathroom. What'd she say? Oh, she has to go to the bathroom. All right. It was a pleasure meeting you. All right. You make my day every time I see you. This lady rules. I've seen her in the neighborhood a million times. She looks like maybe she's, maybe looks 80. And she swears she's 106 years old, walking down the sidewalk like nothing with a cane because she has a bad right knee. But she's not, she, she, does, she does not walk slow. She does not walk slow. And uh, she's, got a, she's got a cane that she designed herself with a leopard print. She's got leopard print scarves and cufflings and, and all sorts of stuff. She rules bad. So great. She's great. Man, it's been years that she's been in, the, in her hundreds and I've been seeing her walking around. Like, Well, you told me as she was coming. She, you're like, she's 106 years old. I'm like, there's no effing way. Uh, I mean, she doesn't look it. No. She could be totally, you know, lying to us. But um, I don't know. She's got some stories. So, well, uh, I, well, when I asked her about Kennedy, she she put her finger to her nose. I can say this because we no one knows her name. She put her finger to her nose and went crooked nose on us, mm-hmm. like the mafia did it. Yeah, yeah. I think she, she's seen some shit. So, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> she knows she knows what's going on. All right, what are we drinking now? All right, we got a. Oh, you're on the uh, the Doppelbach from Pipeworks. What do you did you try it? What do you think? No, I didn't try it because we ran outside to have a 106 year old woman tell us a great joke. No, it's so funny. She goes, uh, "I won't tell you my name because people think that I've been dead for 70 years." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she doesn't want people coming for her money. Yeah, well, I, I mean, she probably got a couple of bucks left, right? Well, how she dresses, I would assume so. I, mean, I don't know how you can pay your taxes for. Her. For that, that long, not in this city. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so, so we're back, and uh, Matt goes, "What are we doing? Are we talking about acid?" I'm like, "Well, yeah." Uh, me and me and Matt, we've been friends. I don't know about five years now, and um, you know, from time to time, we'll uh, we'll do an edible together. But uh, I think you're sort of trying to talk me into doing acid. I think I'm too old to do acid. I've never done it. I've done. I've done shrooms a couple times, but never acid. I am not a pusher, so I'm not no. Trying. It's not like you're pushing, but you're like you know. Uh, yeah, it, I am like you know. I mean, it's uh, it's a hell of a hell of a thing. Um, I mean, both mushrooms and acid. I mean, they're they're both interesting, interesting on their own. Um, but uh, but fuck yeah. 
little acid trip. That'll that'll set you straight. I, I feel like I'd be one of the guys that I would do an acid trip, and I would never come back, and I, <laughs> I would be in a mental hospital. Yeah. I really believe I I would be that guy, like the dude from uh, from uh, Pink Floyd, Sid Barrett. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's I, back. He came back. I think oh, he's did right. he come back? Yeah, he's fine now. Oh yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, thirty years later. I don't know. Um, what can you tell me about now? Shrooms, I liked. But I always took a, a well, long... You gauge them better. You well, I, took a, I always took a lower dosage. And my idiot friend, Buzzy, who I've had on the podcast, uh, my truly one of my oldest friends. We've known each other since we were 18. Why We would always put like the shrooms in like the worst cheese sandwich. Why wouldn't you put it in the middle of a steak something nice? A steak, huh? Just Anything, but it's like, this is how you do it. You put shrooms, and I'm not joking. I think it was government cheese. So yeah. we're having a crappy government cheese sandwich, thick garbage cheese with, so then the with first shrooms feeling, in the middle. The first feeling you get when you start to trip is regret for pre- processed cheese food. Oh, <laughs> and then we went to a jazz concert. Oh, yeah, well, that's fun. That, and, and it was raining, and I heard every single raindrop yeah. that was falling from the sky. It was oh, awesome. And then I, I remember, like, we were kind of like, uh, I don't know, I guess we were tripping. I was going to say we were falling asleep, but we're laying on the lawn. It's uh, the Finger Lakes Performing Arts Center outside Rochester. And um, we're, lay- we're laying way up on, on the lawn. Not many people because it's a jazz festival. Uh, uh, most of the people are under the shell, staying out of the rain. And we're like, fuck it, we'll just stay in the rain and listen to some jazz as we trip on shrooms and I remember going to Buzzy like you tell those fucking assholes to shut up behind us and he turns around and goes what assholes I was hearing voices of these two people that were way at the top of the hill but I, I, I would swear to this day they were right behind us yeah yeah well your your senses were heightened I guess and then I heard every individual raindrop and I thought it was cool as hell and I wasn't paranoid or, or scared but um, I didn't dip into that uh, much uh, in my life. Well, I mean, I guess you've had a taste, you know. Oh, maybe, um, you know, maybe you're gonna want to try it again at some point. You find a nice weekend where you want to uh, see what the hell else is out there. I would probably do shrooms again. Um, I used to, I used to like my hash under a glass. I used to smoke hash under a glass. Stick it in the pin in a cork yes. and light it. Yeah, yes. sure. Sure, that I mean, but that's that's it. A, was the it was the RA in Geneseo? He was the RA in Onondaga dorm in Geneseo. So he was in charge of the kids. The hash guy, even though he was a student himself, but he was in charge oh, of the floor. Perfect. And he would invite us into his room, and he loved the Rolling Stones. He really got me into the uh, Rolling Stones, the seventies uh, Stones. Hey, no running in the hall. You want to do some hash, kid? I'll slow you down a little bit. Well, then I also banged the other RA. <laughs> okay. Was there hash involved there, too? No, there was no hash. But, but uh, this guy, his name was Christian. I ran into him recently. You banged Christian? No, 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 no. Oh. I didn't, no, no. I see it's turning. No, you're, you're, mi- no, you're mixing up the whole thing. I, I, I would smoke hash under a glass with Christian and, uh, and whatever with the other one, who was absolutely awesome. But, um... Yeah, he would invite us into his dorm room and, and get us all high and hash. We were 18-year-old kids. Well, that's, I mean, that's what you need in college. Yeah, I guess. No, but at least in the dorm. <laughs> what, so what can you tell me about um, acid? It's all different. I mean, it's all different. I bought a vial uh, last year, um, liquid acid, a whole fucking vial, and I was so excited about it. And then it turns out it's pretty wimpy shit. Um which is fine because that way you can gauge it a little bit. And it's like, oh, you can take. Two How do you know it's wimpy shit when and, you and, take it and you don't trip your balls off off of one drop? And then you need, you know, three or four. And you're like, okay, well, this isn't what I'm used to, but at least I, I know I can take one or two and have dinner with mom. And <laughs> oh you know what? I haven't seen my mom in five years. Maybe I, I grab a couple drops from Matt. And uh, then I'll have uh, I'll have yeah, dinner with yeah, mom. And you have some room for dessert. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. You know, you get something, they give you a little gel tab, and then yeah, just moments after taking it, you've got fucking fireworks going off. Moments? It yeah, takes well, moments? I mean, it feels like it. I mean, it, it really sets in pretty quick. Um, but, yeah, like sometimes you got this, this stuff is just jet fuel, and then everything's on fire, you, you know, everything you look at sparkling and moving and and then you start 
seeing deep inside your own soul and and that that's really for me what it's all about you know getting another perspective on life well go deeper with that thought uh well i guess when you you lose the ego and you 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 kind of stuck with your true self exactly yeah right and then that sometimes that that's like a free fall right you don't you feel like you're out of control there because it's like well when does this end how long is it going to last and can i climb out of this one right and usually you do but, but what do you see what are you thinking when you're kind of losing your ego um well, that you're basically just a bag of bones and and your your mind is something else and then it, you know they they work in unison but not always i guess not always when you're when you get some when you get some acid there but um i don't know it's it's hard to explain it's hard to explain but it it does uh you you get to step outside of yourself a little bit maybe the time time moves differently right so so that that can affect you what do you mean it, it moves differently well, you know, like when you're having, they always say time flies when you're having fun, right? And it's, you notice that, right? And then it's shitty time. Everything, the clock seems to tick slowly. But with acid, uh, sometimes you can be stuck in the same moment for what seems like an eternity. It's really something you should experience yourself. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to do this. Do, do you have a different, like, uh, perspective on life in general when you're on acid? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. What, what do you think? Well, I think most of the things that that bug you in your normal life become meaningless. And then I tend to hang on to that afterwards, right? So it's stuff that um, uh, maybe I was concerned about or, you know, being concerned about other people's perceptions and such that that no longer matter. And and that's the benefit, right? That, to me, can be the the benefit of that. Also... um, you know, making basically it, it rewires your synapses in some senses. So you can, when you're when you're back to your normal self, you still have some connections to what you went through, and that can alter your perspective in your normal life. You know, I felt that about music. Certain certain bands I've really grown deeply, deeply attached to while listening to them on acid, and, and that's. Um, would one of them be Pearl Jam? No. Uh oh, he's unzipping it. Slayer. Yeah. Wait, you listen to Slayer on? Oh my God, you're almost going... exclusively anymore. I mean, really? Yeah. Why Slayer while you're on acid? Um, Holy that's as sh- raw as you can get. I mean, it really is. Um, it's an expression of. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, they, they they were going for making music as fast as possible and. There's something about it. It's um, it's exhilarating and it's cathartic, kind of, right? So, um, I, oftentimes I'll wake up with Slayer in my mind and I'll remember, uh, you know, uh, a nice um, a nice Slayer acid trip, and it feels good. They say like uh, when you're on acid, you you realize that everything is, I think, connected. connected. Yeah, well, everything's breathing and and moving and undulating and and. Uh, and that connection stays with well with me anyway. You know, I'm um, usually I'm up up in the woods when I'm doing it up in the uh, up in nature, and and uh, that connection is 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 pretty profound. So, do you see like trees breathing and shit? Yeah, every, come on, everything breathes. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Afterwards, I think they all still do breathe. You know, it's like uh, you just don't see it as much, but having seen it. Whew, well, they say that trees communicate with each other. I just, I can't really, uh, I can't really come to. Then you tap into it. Then you, you, you seem to, to see it happening. I mean, you know, it's, um, I've heard that you, you, you're using different parts of your brain that aren't usually firing when you're, when you're paying bills. When you're paying bills. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Being a, a productive member of society. <laughs> um, then you go and do some other types of uh, productive uh, uh, excursions like that and, and uh, develop some perspective, yeah. I don't know if I could do it. You will, I, I, uh, you will he says. <laughs> I think our friendship ends today before I, get in, before I get in too deep. Also, I'm going to be at your farm on acid, listening to Slayer, going, this is fucking great. Yeah, it, 
it didn't work out with all my friends last time. I, I, most of them weren't too pleased with my. No, you gotta listen to it now in this way, and uh, you know. Wait, so you're you were that guy? Everyone's on acid, and you're forcing I'm, them to, the to listen. You're forcing them to listen to Slayer. I'm the host, so I've got to, you know. I got. I think, I think when you're on acid, I would assume that you want to like kind of walk on like eggshells and be very careful, and you're like pushing Slayer on everyone. Well, that was the other drugs we were having. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> Also, when you're on acid, you're not always comfortable. You know, it's right. uh, you're out of your your skin a bit. You're out of your element. So um, sometimes it's nice to. Uh, what goes through your mind though? Are you convinced like crazy shit's gonna happen? Or? Sometimes, yeah. Well, sometimes. Like what? Do you have any examples of a crazy trip? Um. Well, for example, the the stuff I was saying, the the acid I got. I this one. Seems to have a uh, continuing motif every time, and it's it's always something in the periphery. And then you, you kind of look, and you're like, "All right, I know I'm on acid, so there's not somebody out the window, but I keep seeing somebody out there. So it's more of a game. Then it's like, you know, "All right, there's something out there, but not really." So uh, you what is this? It, you what deal is this? With your fear. You what does this something look like? It doesn't. It's just there. You just sense it, right? So it's like when you feel like somebody's watching you. But then you're convinced that there actually is something there from maybe um, another dimension or something? No, no, not necessarily. I mean, maybe some look at it that way, but I, I'm convinced there's nothing there, but I have a fear to deal with. Maybe it's just Uber Eats, and they want you to fucking grab your food so they can move on. There ain't no Uber Eats up in the <laughs> woods. <laughs> just going for a dumb joke. But, yeah, so for me, it's like, all right, well, you get that, that little, that little uh, you know, the, the spine shivers. Somebody's out there looking, and then you realize, all right, no, it's not that. So you just have to deal with it and, and move on about whatever it is you're, you're doing, um, whatever the fuck it is that you're doing. It could be anything. And then it's – So uh, do you look forward to doing acid from time to time? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I plan it out. Sometimes I just end up. <laughs> but you don't do it a lot. No, no, no. No, not every day, you know. All right. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I learned anything about it, but uh, you know. Well, was this supposed to be a uh, a learning experience? <laughs> no, of course not. We started with uh, we started the with yes logo shows. Yeah, up. we started with the birth of your daughter. By the way, congratulations once again. That's that's absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's its own trip, man. And uh, and that's it. I think we're going to wrap up the podcast. Thanks for checking it out, everybody. We got merch at opradio.com. We got Gephardt's. If you're in the area, come on by. You want to give the big plug there, uh, Matt? Come on, drink some beer. Well, we're drinking this weird... Uh, Ollie showed up. Ollie did a great job on the podcast, by the way. Thanks, Thanks. Ollie. Yeah, Ollie. Ollie. Ollie was the star of the podcast. Thanks, Ollie. Hey. Any- <laughs> <laughs> What is it, chocolate chocolate crumb cake stout? I thought it was going to be awful, and it wasn't. Yeah, he brought a new beer uh, for you to try, because I guess everyone is shoving beers at you all the time to to try, so maybe you could have it at Get Parts here on uh, 72nd Street on the Upper West Side of uh, New York City. Mm -hmm. That's where we are. And Ollie brought a chocolate crumb cake stout. It wasn't as uh, sweet as I thought, Ollie. Uh, not my favorite, though, anyway. Still something about too much vanilla bean in there. Yeah. Uh, he's not, we learned that he's not a fan of the vanilla bean. T-shirt. Fuck vanilla bean. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, brewers just overdo it with the vanilla bean, and then it just overpowers the palate. You only ever need, like, one stick of vanilla when you're going for that. There you go. And I, I, I tasted a little bacon in here, but no one else is uh, tasting that. And it wasn't that sweet. No, I, uh, I didn't taste right. it. But that, uh, we're out of here. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, we'll talk soon. You know. Bye.